Hi, welcome to Botanical. I'm Matt Mark here, and I want to wish you a happy holiday. It is the end of the year, if you can believe it. I really can't. And it's funny releasing my third episode. I don't think this is the end of this season. Um, this is honestly just the beginning. I'll be releasing a lot more in the new year. And I hope you are having a nice end of your fall, beginning of your early winter. And it's been pretty wet over here where I live in Sacramento. And I do hope that the rain, it's raining tonight for me where I'm recording. And I'm trying to get it to be in the background if there at all. But if it is, I hope you don't mind it. And I hope it's a nice white noise rainfall sound in the background to help ease you into this calming, hopefully calming episode on Toyon. And Toyon besides its kind of, you know, maybe playful connection to this time of the year with the fact that the first syllable is toy. That's not why I chose this plant. The reason why I chose this plant was for one, it's also known as the Christmas berry or the California holly. And it is one of the sturdiest native plants that I can think of that are commonly used and have a really significant place in California history. And I think with the question of history, we can also think of tradition. And there's a question I really want to ask us that really fits into the theme of this show and I think fits into the theme of the season. Do traditions shape landscapes or do landscapes shape traditions? And I just off the bat want to say that question definitely won't be answered in this, but let's just think about it as we talk about the narratives and the history surrounding this plant. Specifically with the city of LA, there's quite an interesting story with the history of a certain part of LA that I really am excited to talk about, but it's a little bit complicated. So I want to really talk about the plant first and let's do that after the theme song. So let's get that going and let's get back to it after that. This is one of my favorite plants to identify in the plant identification course I took while in college that really excited my interest in the plant world because it's easy. It's easy to identify and it also has a great scientific name, one that I was always excited to write because it was easy to remember and that was Heteromeles arbutifolia. I mean, how could you forget a name like that, right? Also, speaking of that unforgettable name, scientific name, Heteromeles, it is the only genus in that. So it's just, it's, it's the only one out there just doing its thing. Its other names are the Christmas berry, which I actually recently learned. And one of the reasons why I decided to use this as a holiday themed episode and as the California holly. It is an evergreen shrub, although it can also be a tree. And I recently saw one at the California Plant Society's nursery, native plant nursery in Rancho Cordova that was so happy. It was huge. 
it was just spreading out. It looked like a huge tree and it was quite impressive to see. It has white flowers that attract pollinators, specifically bees, and birds love the berries that it produces. So Toyon is actually a really important habitat plant. And habitat is something I'll get into in a later episode. I really wanna talk about that idea and concept and why it's important, especially with native plants. But for now, let's just stick to the story of Toyon. It has deep, widespreading roots which make it really great for erosion control. And it also has long, thick, leathery leaves. These two things together make it actually really great for drought. Toyon is a prominent component of the coastal scrub plant community, also known as CSS, which if I knew more about computer science, I'd make a little computer science joke there, but I really don't. So I just will talk about the fact that coastal sage scrub is actually a a type of something that's also known as soft chaparral. And chaparral is a really important biome for California. I just want to talk about that for a second. It is found primarily in California in the northern portion of the Baja California Peninsula. It is defined by Mediterranean climate, which we have here in California, by wildfire, which is really important for these biomes. And they are featuring drought-tolerant plants. Coastal sage scrub is called soft chaparral is largely because the largely due to the leaves. Chaparral is largely seen as consisting of plants with hard and waxy foliage, where soft chaparral is known for having more aromatic and soft leaves. And the, but these are all, in both chaparral and in the soft chaparral, feature drought-tolerant plants that are adapted to wildfire. And Toyon is adapted to wildfire. When it is hit by a fire, Toyon actually is very resistant and is very resilient. It grows back from the stem just as if everything was okay. It comes back and like, hey, all right, hey guys, I'm back. Let's get this soft chaparral party going again. Let's talk about the berries for a second. And these are actually called poems. They look a little bit like apples when opened up. And you might be surprised to learn that actually apples are in the rose family. So that's why the poems of the Toyon plant might look like the poems of an apple tree because they are in the same family. These berries are actually edible. They are mildly toxic when raw and unripe, but safe when cooked. And birds actually know generally when to eat them when they're ripest and when they're best to eat. There are actually 15 documented California native tribes who use Toyon as a food source or as a drug. Just some examples, it was used as a, just as a fruit to eat. It was used to make a drink. I think it was just with water. It was used as a mild analgesic and as a stomach aid, just for some examples. And recently people have been using it to make a cider, but I've heard that you need quite a bit of it, but I'm actually really interested. I'd kind of want to try that. And to continue this thread, Toyon is, in a lot of the articles or literature you see about it, people like to throw around this fact that Toyon is the only California native plant that we still use the Native American name for. And I kind of want to throw in a wrench in that a little bit. I think it's unfair to say that we call it by the Native American name because the name comes from the Ohlone word was for this plant. And Ohlone were a tribe that were in what was would essentially now be considered San Francisco. And I don't know how to pronounce this word, but the word, the actual Ohlone word for it was something closer to Totcon, T-O-T-T-C-O-N. And Toyon actually comes from the Spanish appropriation of that word, which is 
Toyon or T-O-L-L-O-N. And then we anglicize that with a Y. So I don't think, personally, maybe this is just my opinion, but I don't think it's fair to say that we call it by the Native American name because we are approximating an approximation of a word. So there's steps of, of separation there that I think should be recognized. And you know what? I'm, I like Totkan. I think that's cool if that's how it's pronounced. I mean, I like Toyon as well. Toyon is one of those names that has really stuck in my imagination. But I don't think, I just want to say that I don't think it's fair to say that this is the only plant. And that this is actually, these factual inconsistencies is something that really plagues this plant. And I have no idea why. I think it's because Toyon is, has historically been one of the most popular native plants and has actually created a lot of culture around it, even laws. But before I get to that, I want to talk about what this California architect said of Toyon in 1938. I'm just going to read this quote. And this is kind of a long quote, so get that. prepare yourself. Any plant that encourages bird life, supplies bees with an unexcelled source of honey, gives food to man, furnishes tannin from its bark, protects arid slopes from erosion, paints the landscape with vivid colors, and carries joy into the home at Christmas time when no other berries are available to most Californians, surely, surely deserves the protection of man whom it serves so well. And that was from his book, Conspicuous California. And he was a friend of Theodore Payne, who now has a foundation uh, for wildflower, and in his name, for wildflowers and native plants in Southern California. And they do a lot of education about plants, the California native plants specifically in the Southern California landscape. So I think that's important to think about as we go into the story of Toyon and the city of L.A., Let's start with saying that in 2012, Toyon became LA's official native plant, which I didn't even know cities did that, but that's cool. It has been growing in Southern California for thousands of years, if not longer. In the hills of what is now known as Hollywood, there was abundance of Toyon, and people would go out and harvest the, the leaves, the berries for Christmas time decorations because it looks a lot like holly. And if you don't know what holly is, it is something that you've undoubtedly seen around Christmas time or something you might have seen in a wreath. Um, they're the kind of spiky dark green leaves with the bright vibrant red berries. And Toyon looks a lot like that. It's just the leaves are a little bit smaller. The leaves are not very pointed. But the berries do have a very beautiful red color that seemed very festive. Okay, so people were out there collecting holly all around LA, um, or so the story goes that I've seen, that I was able to find, and I've seen other people in commentary about Toyon talk about. They were just, you know, people just could not get enough of this substitute for holly around the Christmas time. And I don't know necessarily to what extent if people were concerned about deforestation or people's plants were being harvested on their own property. I'm not quite sure where the story is there, but it's around the 1920s, so this was almost 100 years ago now. Can you believe it? And I'm a little unclear on the exact details because I've seen a lot of people talk about a law being passed that specifically prohibits the harvesting of Toyon. But I'm also, the law that I see cited for this is a pretty complicated series of restrictions that are not 
specific to Toyon, because in this law, the the family Cactaceae, the whole cactus family is listed. Agave desert eye, the desert agave is listed. There's other, there's a host of other plants that are mentioned in this. Although Toyon is the first plant um, that I see listed under the shrub subtitle, because trees are also put in here. So I'm not sure if because there's different stories that Toyon was the one, or Toyon was the one that really inspired this the passage of this legislation. And I'm not sure if there was another law where Toyon was, itself was written as being against the law to harvest. Um, but anyway, kind of interesting. It's an interesting story, and I can't think of another plant off the top of my or another native plant that I can think of that the harvesting of it was so frenzied that legislators had to step in and say, hey, can't do that. And this goes way before the native California Native Plant Society or other things that were protecting natives. So it's interesting, you know, what really drove this. I'm not quite sure. And I wasn't really quite able to get to the bottom or get a solid answer of anything with Toyon. And when I mentioned that when I mentioned that Toyon was growing in what is now Hollywood, there there is a pretty common story that I saw that said Toyon or Christmas Holly was the origin of the name Hollywood because it was so popular or so common to see on the hillside that people were inspired to call it Hollywood. And I saw that repeated a lot. It's even repeated on government websites to some extent about Toyon that it's a possible origin story for the name Hollywood in LA. Yet I don't think that's true. A lot of the commentary has that, but from what I found from, or at least what I was convinced by, through a natural history of LA County article on Toyon, which also seemed its title, California or Christmas Holly, how Hollywood didn't get its name seemed to be a reference to another article about Toyon or how Hollywood got its name. So I don't know, it's just, <laughs> the, the commentary around this plant is just, it's confusing. So let's go back to 1868 when the prohibitionist from Kansas, Harvey Henderson Wilcox was his name, bought 120 acres of apricot and fig groves at $150 an acre, which is just wow. And even then he knew that he was going to make a bunch of money because he subdivided his land and sold each bit for $1,000 each. And Hollywood Hills was actually originally called the Wilcox Subdivision. And he had a wife with the most confusing name for me to pronounce, Deida. I think it's D-A-E-I-D-A. Anyway, she was on a train to Ohio, I believe, where she met a man from Illinois who had an estate by the name of Hollywood. And she was so taken by this name that when she came back to the Wilcox subdivision, she was like, we got to name it Hollywood. And it was in 1887 where Wilcox submitted the first map with the name, or for the Wilcox subdivision with the name Hollywood. And... The story of Toyon as the origin for Hollywood seems to be popularized by this woman, Nancy Dale, and Flowering Plants of Southern California natives, but I'm not really quite sure because it's something I've seen all over the place. You know, maybe it is a bit of a mix. I don't know, but it is weird that every single cultural component that seems to be surrounding this plant is one that's kind of mixed with mystery or with myth, which, you know, is kind of like the figures that we dedicate time to in this season you know think about 
you know, Santa Claus or whatever. These are these are figures that are kind of shrouded in myth and that you can't. There's so many theories about their origin or, you know, how this element or feature came to be. So, you know, Toyanothus red berry, it's the uh, Santa Claus of the California native landscape. And with that, I think we'll call it an end. There's definitely more I want to say about this plant, but, you know, let's return to our original question that I said Let's to guide this episode. Do landscapes shape tradition, or do traditions shape landscapes? And with Toyon, it seems like it's, it's a mix, right? Because pre-existing tra- like Christmas traditions shaped people's interest in having this plant in their home. You know, they saw it as a substitute for holly, something they'd already been familiarized with from prior Christmas traditions. It was part of the landscape. It seemed super abundant, and people were, you know, over-harvesting it, which created a new tradition of, you know, protecting it legally, saying, hey, you can't, you can't take too much of this. And, you know, we can think about maybe how other traditions, you know, are built on resources and change the, the landscape that we live with. So with that, I will leave you until next year, which is not too long, honestly. Next year is just a couple of weeks away. But I won't be doing an episode in the next two weeks. And I haven't really quite figured out when the first episode of the new year will air, but I will let you all know on social media. So if you're not already following me, please follow me on Instagram or Facebook, wherever you prefer. But before I go, as a little gift to fans who are interested, a friend, a couple of friends of mine and I, we did a reinterpretation of the theme. I was originally planning on doing a the surf theme for this episode, but it wasn't quite working out in the way that I wanted. And so I think I'll save it for another episode, but I thought a Christmas surf version of the theme song would have been pretty great it just didn't quite work out but we ended up doing this other version which i thought was interesting enough to include as a little gift in case you're interested stay tuned for that if not enjoy the rest of your day or night or the next podcast you're about to listen to thank you